Stay tuned for a special program coming up next, the Mendocino College Radio Hour. Hello, my name is Julie McGovern, and I am the executive director of the Mendocino College Foundation. We are the nonprofit or philanthropy arm of Mendocino College, and our mission is to raise funds to support students, faculty, basic student needs like our food pantries, and also specific departments' needs such as nursing or athletics. The foundation gives out over $200,000 annually to students through scholarships. But first today, I am so excited to debut the new Mendocino College Radio Hour, where we hope to discuss the many aspects of Mendocino College and the pivotal part it plays in our community. My guest today is Leo Rodriguez, who was the student trustee on the Mendocino College Board of Trustees for the 2021-22 year. He was then elected to be the student trustee to the California State Board of Trustees and was also the first Mendocino College student appointed by the governor to serve on the Student Aid Commission. His parents brought him to the United States from Mexico when he was five years old. So, Leo, when you were a kid, did you think of yourself as someone who would go to college? Yeah, so education has played a pretty central role in my family and a kind of how uh, they've thought about my future. They've My parents have always been very clear that my only option was to be educated, and that's why they brought me to this country. Uh, they knew that I would have to have certain barriers, or they believed that at some point I would have to quit my educational career just because of the, uh, the restraints that come with being an undocumented student. Um, but I, because of that, I did envision myself going to and receiving a higher education, but I wasn't sure about how or what path that would take. That must have been difficult growing up to know that you had that goal and your parents held that goal and vision for you, but not knowing whether there would actually be a pathway for you to achieve that goal. Yeah, definitely. It it, it caused a lot of uh, confusion and kind of uh, e- uneasiness, kind of going into the dark and not knowing do I stop after high school or do I stop after a community college or uh, up until when am I able to pursue this education? So it it, it definitely was a turbulent path. Mm-hmm. And do you have siblings? Yeah, I have a younger uh, 15-year-old brother and a sister that's going to turn 12. Okay, so you were sort of the trailblazer in your family then as the oldest. Yeah, Definitely. <laughs> and you lived in Ukiah and then you moved over to Lake County at some point? Yes. So when I first came to the U.S., we lived in the San Fernando Valley up until the recession hit. And then we moved to Ukiah where uh, we lived with a family member in a one bedroom uh, in their house. And that's where I attended Grace Hudson from third grade to fifth grade. And then from fifth grade and beyond, I've lived in Kelseyville. So when you were in high school, did you start thinking about Mendocino College then? Or at what point did you start thinking that Mendocino College was a a place that you wanted to be? Yeah, so I had an idea of going to Mendocino College just because of the affordability aspect. Um, But I kind of was naive in thinking I'd be able to apply directly to a CSU and a UC 
throughout high school. Uh, but then my grades weren't matching up. So I kind of had my, my only choice was to go to a junior college. And the smartest choice was to stay at home and go to Mendocino College. So that is the choice I made. Um, but definitely senior year of high school was when I started kind of uh, starting that transition from high school to Mendocino College. Mm -hmm. And did you start off knowing exactly what you wanted to do and what classes you want to take? Or were you like a lot of college students who were just like, I have no idea? <laughs> yeah, well, funny enough, I took the ASVAB um, just because a teacher told me to just to try it out. And I got... What was that? The ASVAB? Uh, it's like the military exam. Oh, okay. Uh, but the, the cool thing about it, if you want to do it for fun, um, is that they give you kind of a a list of jobs that kind of would match up with the level and grade you got on the exam. And one of the jobs I got was like chief executive environmental director. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So I'm going to go to Mendocino College to study business and then I went and I took uh one math class and I was like yeah I don't like math <laughs> so that's when I changed to political science but I was all in for business and um being an environmental uh, I think you like that CEO title right, right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> who doesn't um when did you settle on political science political theory political economics since that's what you're going to be studying at UC Berkeley yeah, I it might have been spring 2020. So I only did one semester where I was a business mm -hmm. major. Uh and that that kind of just came from a realization that I could create more change through uh the political sphere rather than uh business. So mm -hmm. and I kind of was telling myself my parents wanted to, me to do business, but in reality, they just wanted me to get an education. So I just decided to change to political science. So you were in your first year at Mendocino College when the pandemic hit. Yeah, so I did fall 2019. And then s towards the end of spring 2020, we transitioned online. And then the following years, I did fully online courses until I graduated. Uh, okay. Towards the end, it was more my choice. But definitely through 2020 it was all um online and it was it was pretty hard but i ended up actually dropping those two semesters just because of covid related uh issues but um i think it kind of in a way paid off at the end mm -hmm. which i think is an aspect of community college that isn't talked about a lot is the mistakes you make really do allow you to learn from them without you know, making a mistake and getting a $30,000 bill at the end of the year. Being in your first year when something like a global pandemic happened and disrupted, you know, every aspect of life. I mean, I feel like that's going to be a real marker on you guys as you go forward. You know, you had to adapt to just tremendous circumstances. Um, but I also find it interesting what you said that you then kind of decided to continue with the online learning and I've heard that from a lot of different folks, um, particularly people who are older, might have family at home, work a full-time job, and then want to take classes at night, that the online 
option works better for them because they can do it from home. They don't have to spend that commuting time. You know, they can be at home with their family and and kind of make that work. So is that partly what you experienced, that it was just the, the flexibility of online learning that worked for you? Yeah, it was definitely the flexibility. And um, I... I was working part time. I was working like three jobs at one point. Um, wow! So it was pretty, pretty crazy. Um, While going to school full time. Yeah. So after I dropped twenty twenty, all of twenty twenty, uh, I got diagnosed with ADHD in the fall of twenty twenty, and then twenty twenty one spring semester. That's when I my GPA started jumping. So that semester I got a three point eight, and the whole time I was I was um uh behavioral technician and then in the evenings I would go work at a store and I would close the store so it was pretty hectic but I definitely think uh, that flexibility is what allowed me to succeed and and why I was attracted to online classes. So when you think about the geographical spread of Mendocino and Lake Counties the ability to take classes online is actually a plus. Yeah definitely and I think uh in terms of the education, the K through 12 education in the in both Lake and Mendocino c- counties, Mendocino College plays a really uh, important role in that, especially with the dual enrollment programs that have been rolled out. Uh, they're filling a lot of gaps uh, in access to a higher education that these districts just can't fill because of the way uh, funding is is created. Um, so I think that and and the ability for online classes, it's, it's expanding the role Mendocino College has on not only employment, but uh, social and economic development in both these counties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dual enrollment thing is something that has really blown me away. Um, I just wasn't as aware, you know, prior to starting with the foundation in January. And I think something like 25% of the current student enrollment is made up of dual enrollment actual high school students yes it's pretty remarkable to me yeah and that's something um i advocated for while i was on the california community college trustees board was just expanding dual enrollment and uh, allowing students to uh, kind of get their foot in the door for higher education uh, because a, a big difference between dual enrollment and for example AP classes is you don't take an exam and that exam alone tells you whether you do get or do not get college credit and a lot of colleges will accept your AP credits but it will not go towards your actual degree. Real quick I just want in case you're just tuning in Um, My name is Julie McGovern. I'm the executive director of the Mendocino College Foundation. And this is the Mendocino College radio show's sort of inaugural debut show. My guest today is Leo Rodriguez, who just graduated from Mendocino College in 2022 with three associate degrees and is transferring on to UC Berkeley this fall. Um, One thing that you just touched on that I really want to talk about is that you were elected by your peers at Mendocino College to be the student trustee on the College Board of Trustees for the 2021-22 school year. And why do you think your fellow students chose you, if you could venture a guess? Yeah, well, I I think I definitely uh, rolled out a pretty substantial 
online campaign. Um, so that I think that definitely helped. Uh, and I, I think, I think the elections were the, the number of students who voted is definitely smaller than traditional, uh, voting, but I think just, uh, I think mostly it's, you know, representation and kind of having your leaders reflect your community. So I think that may be a reason why, but I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you weren't in their heads, I'm sure. But, you know, running a obviously you ran a good campaign. If yeah. you won. <laughs> and for those that don't know, the board of trustees are like the governing council for the college. So that's where sort of the decisions are made. The votes are, are cast on, you know, policies and procedures and, and you know, a lot of the, the bigger picture sort of things happening at, at the in the college district. So what was it like for you to have a seat? at that table and to be able to have a vote in those decisions yeah well at the beginning it was definitely overwhelming just because I don't I think the majority of people don't know what a trustee board does Mm -hmm. uh, just that they do meetings (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I thought I was just going to show up and do meetings and then they hand me an 100 page agenda and I'm like oh I have to read this (laughs) Um, but I think it was it was a great learning experience and it allowed me to advocate for uh, students, students in my community and other communities. Uh, and it also allowed me to kind of uh, center the, the board, right? Because it's, it's easy to kind of go a, adrift if you don't have a student in the room. So I, I, I think it was definitely a valuable experience and I think the board does a really good job of including the trustee. Did you feel like you brought a different perspective to that group in light of your background and experience as an undocumented undocumented immigrant? Yeah, I think I think the undocumented community faces unique barriers, uh especially financial barriers, like I I cannot access any federal aid. So even if for example I do work study, I cannot do a work study because it's a federally funded program. I couldn't join camp, which is a program for uh, uh, migrant students, uh, but it's federally funded, so I couldn't join that. And I also can't receive any federal loans or uh, the Pell Grant. So it's 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 a unique circumstance. Well, and just to put you know for anyone out there listening, those are big, huge pots of money that most college students have access to. So to be denied access to those is a real setback. Yeah. And even, even with food insecurity, I cannot access CalFresh because it is also a federally funded program. So uh, it's all these social security nets that I could not fall back, fall back on. Um, But other than that, also the, it's known as AB 540. It's the uh, out of state tuition waiver. So when I first enrolled at Mendocino College, I I didn't even know about this process, but I was automatically enrolled as an out-of-state student. So I got a pretty hefty bill from the college, mm-hmm. um, but I actually got contacted pretty quickly. And that's when I filled out the AB 540 affidavit, which just waives my out-of-state tuition costs, even though I've lived in California uh, all these years. Mm-hmm. Um so that that's another kind of barriers if a student doesn't know 
that whether they are AB 540 eligible or they don't know how to apply for it, um, it's it's a pretty uh, surprising discovery to just see that cost go up. Right. Well, were there people at Mendocino College in the financial aid office or in, you know, student services in general, counselors who were who were able to help guide you through that process? Yeah. So uh, I got guidance from uh, the FYI Center. So it was the first year institute uh, center at the time. And yeah, they, they kind of walked me through the whole process and they really facilitated it. It so it wasn't as uh, dramatic as when I had first seen mm-hmm. the increase in the cost. Um, but yeah, the, I think the programs at Mendocino College, like EOPS and Camp and uh, for now former FYI, were really substantial to creating support for undocumented students when when we are eligible for those programs. Um, but also for a majority of students who. Uh, you know, they might be a first-generation student or a, uh, uh, their parents or, or you know, they, they're coming back into college after, after many years. It's kind of a, a support system that, mm-hmm. that really does create positive change. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important, you know, to highlight that for anyone who might be listening who would think of that as a deterrent. Um, that their status was somehow preclude them from being able to enroll at Mendocino College um, or, or anywhere. But, you know, in this case, we're particularly talking about Mendo. Um, so, you know, you you getting on here and sharing your experience and saying like, no, it can it can happen and there's ways. And, and you know, I'm sure it's not always easy, but to know that there's resources and, and, and guidance out there, um, I think is is good for our listeners to hear. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, regardless of whether you have DACA or any other forms of um, kind of temporary protections, uh, as long as you are eligible for AB 540, which right now is only you have to do either three years at a high school or three years at a community college to be able to access not only that out-of-state tuition waiver, but also... Um, the California Dream Act application, which uh, gives undocumented students financial aid through the Cal Grant program and through the California Student Aid Commission. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about the the guidance and services that you were able to access um, kind of on the student services side. On the academic side, were there, tell me a little bit about your experience. Did you have any classes that you really loved or, you know, teachers that you that really you know brought you to a new place in terms of thinking about your future or your education and and your goals yeah I think um professor davis he taught uh english 205 uh he he was one of my favorite teachers or professors just because uh, uh he connected a lot of what we were learning to kind of a bigger picture and it, it made me think and it I, I always felt included in class and in the conversation was always uh, surrounding every student, not just, you know, the one that always raises their hand. Uh, so th- that, that I really liked that class and it kind of showed me I, I was a strong writer. Mm. Um, and then 
Also, uh, Professor Lam Hansard, she taught uh, economics. And I think to this day, she had the biggest influence on kind of my career path, just because usually with economics, you know, you tie it to uh, markets and markets and markets. But she made it a really uh, good point to connect it to real life situations and how this kind of involves everyday life and um, that's kind of why I picked political economy at UC Berkeley. Um, and so those were on the professor side. Uh, and as far as uh, academic counseling, I think uh, Maria Vina, she's a counselor. She was a counselor for FYI, the FYI program. And then she transferred. Monica is the, she was the director of the FYI program. Okay. Um, and, and she kind of, I, I, I give her credit because she kind of catapulted me into wanting to do leadership positions just because uh, she had invited me to a luncheon when she knew what my grades were and I was not, it was during 20, spring 2020. So it was, it was surprising to know someone had given me an opportunity regardless of my academic kind of downfall at the time so that that's why I give her a lot of uh, credit but I think a lot of people at Mendocino College um, continue to support me to this day um, and the counselor the second counselor that really kind of got me through the finish line was Brenda Estrada she was the newer FYI uh, counselor and now I think she's a part-time counselor at Mendocino College Okay. So shout out to all those people. Who, yeah. It does. You know, it's like they take, they say it takes a village to raise a child. Well, I feel like it takes a village to raise a college student Yeah, well, it definitely does. with all the different things you need to bear in mind and, you know, all the balls in the air and, and stuff. But I wanted to get back a little bit about to the trustee um, aspect of your experience at Mendocino College. And just to uh, key in anyone who's just joined us. Um, you're listening to the Mendocino College Radio Hour, which is a brand new program on KZYX. My name is Julie McGovern. I'm the executive director of the Mendocino College Foundation. And my guest today is Leo Rodriguez, who just graduated from Mendocino College in 2022 and is headed to UC Berkeley this fall and spent um, time as the student trustee on the board of trustees for Mendocino College. But, Leo, you were then elected by other California Community College student trustees to be the student representative on the California Community College trustee board. So that's like a bigger state board. Is that right? Yeah, that that one's the kind of the statewide representative board uh, for the community college districts. Uh, so, yeah, I was the kind of the student voice on that board. So were you the only student on that board? Yeah, I, I am the only student. So I represented all 73, I think it's 74 now, community college districts. Wow. That like seems like such an honor. I mean, were you were you surprised that you were chosen? Or I mean, what were your thoughts around that? Yeah, I think, uh, I, think I definitely was surprised. Um, but I also put in a lot of work. So... Mm-hmm. You know, far b- before the the voting even happened, I was sending and reaching out to every single student trustee. And I, d- I didn't know how to do like mass email 
mm -hmm. uh, messaging. So I would email them individually. So it was like over 50 student trustees that I was like sending individual emails to and uh, doing a whole video and campaign posters and kind of blasting that through email as well. So mm -hmm. I definitely thought I would get somewhere with the amount of work I had put in but I I think at the end of the day my platform was most attractive to the, the student trustees and uh, kind of matched the problems a lot of these districts and their student bodies were facing. So what kind of things did you have to decide or vote on or, or talk about with the California Community College trustee board? I mean that's kind of a lot, a big responsibility to feel like you're representing 2 million students. Yeah, it definitely was a huge responsibility. Um, I think it, in the board, a lot of issues that are facing the districts are brought up. So obviously the enrollment drop was brought up um, and kind of providing a, not only a unique voice, but one that encompasses all students of the uh, community college system was a hard task. But thankfully, I had a lot of uh, other student advocates that I would reach out to and kind of uh, probe ideas from and kind of, you know, ask like what their district is going through and how they are approaching, for example, the enrollment drop. Um, but we also uh, did a lot of advocacy. So I was able to do federal uh, legislative uh, visits with uh, California's congressional offices. So I did uh, Al Senator Alex Padilla, Dianne Senator Diane Feinstein, representatives Alex Garcia, representatives Jared Huffman, and representative Lorena Sanchez, I believe. Uh, so I was able to do federal advocacy. I was able to um, vote to support certain uh, uh, legislations we because the community college system is not an actual system we can't vote we more kind of vote to advocate for mm -hmm. um, so that was another kind of learning curve that I had to learn uh, is we don't have actual jurisdiction but we're kind of just representing the voice of the districts and then it doesn't stop there. <laughs> you were one of two students picked by Governor Gavin Newsom to serve on the California Student Aid Commission. And I believe that was the first time a Mendocino College student has ever served in that capacity. Yeah, it it, it was really exciting. And I was, uh, I was, I was really uh, proud that I was chosen and, and I was honored to be able to um, be able to represent so many more students. Yeah. And were you able in these much larger platforms, these statewide, you know, boards and advisory committees, et cetera, were, were you kind of always thinking about where your roots were, like Mendocino and Lake Counties? So when I was going through the Senate confirmation process, I was asked a similar question. Um, they kind of have, they asked us a, a like a slew of questions to be able to be confirmed. Um, and, and I had answered one. They they had asked how I would measure my success, and I answered with um, uh, verified outcomes, and they thought that was a pretty harsh answer. So they asked kind of a, a, a different answer. So 
uh, it kind of brings me back to this. So I, I believe as long as I was able to motivate at least one uh, student from a rural community to step out there and to enter these position roles, and that would mean I had succeeded. And I kind of continue to push for that. And I, I think to an extent, I brought a lot of state kind of coverage to Mendocino College and to um, Mendocino County and Lake County, um, you know, because I, 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 was, I was the first Mendocino College student to be appointed to the California Student Aid Commission and also the first Mendocino College student to be appointed to that statewide board and, and also the first undocumented student to serve in all of these positions. So I think I definitely tried my hardest to carve a path for future uh, students. And we, we fortified the student body at Mendocino College. We doubled, um, not even doubled, we like uh, our, our membership for student body um, was increased by 100%. So uh, I think a lot of what I did kind of, I tried to design so that it would echo out through our, our two districts and, and kind of would serve as inspiration, not because I'm doing it, but because I, I had never seen any other student do it. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I did make it a point to show students that, you know, you can come from a rural County and, and be headed to Sacramento the next day. So yeah, well, I, like we said before, I think that representation does matter. I mean, I think it's it's not just a buzzword, you know. I mean, I think when young people see people in places of power and places where decisions are made and big consequences, you know, could could occur, and there's someone that either looks like them or has a similar background or is from a similar area, you know, you know whether that's socioeconomically demographically you know like you said be, you know, being undocumented or just being rural but talk about what the rewards are like you know do you feel like that those experiences that you've had which I mean are fairly unique but you know even being the student trustee for instance at Mendocino College like does it give you that extra level of confidence when you're going to go out, you know, in the bigger world of UC Berkeley or out into the workforce or, you know, out to achieve your, your goals in your career that, you know, that you feel has, has transformed, this has been a transformative experience? Yeah, I, I think um, at the local level, being on the trustee board taught me how to uh, advocate for not only myself, but for other people. It also made me realize my strongest skill is communication. Uh, so, and communication I've learned is not only speaking, but also listening. Mm. So I've become a pretty, well, I, I say I, I've become, but some people might argue I have not because I talk so much, but <laughs> that I've become a, a great listener. And I, I, I think what kind of inspired me to aspired to these positions was just hearing the the different stories and backgrounds of the students at Mendocino College uh, you know having students say they dropped out in high school because they were parents and now they're back and they're becoming nurses and they're going to Sonoma State and doing these crazy crazy things that they did not envision for themselves and and um, that other people may have not envisioned for them and they're doing the thing they were told they weren't able to do and a lot of stories like that, like um, uh, Native American students just 
breaking down not only his systemic but historical barriers and receiving an education um it's it's really it's really amazing to see and it's inspiring and it's taught me to kind of listen to people's stories because it it, it inspires you yeah in case you're just tuning in um, my name is Julie McGovern. I'm the executive director of the Mendocino College Foundation. And this is the Mendocino College radio show's sort of inaugural debut show. My guest today is Leo Rodriguez, who just graduated from Mendocino College in 2022 with three associate degrees and is transferring on to UC Berkeley this fall. What, I mean, we're talking about some of the really great aspects about Mendocino College and community college in general, but what do you think are some of the misconceptions? I mean, now that you've traveled to state and kind of been at at tables where maybe people had Ivy League degrees <laughs> and, you know, came from all different walks of life and sometimes really kind of hard maybe for us to imagine. Um, but what kind of misconceptions do you think people listening might have about community college in general or Mendocino College in particular? Yeah, so uh, rightfully so because of just how... Uh, legislation was years ago um, community college would take a long time to finish uh, just because of the placement exams and all that um, but now there is legislation known as AB 705 which is like a equitable placement legislation mm -hmm. that kind of changed the whole game so before you kind of would have to be you would be placed sometimes like to classes below the starting point for college level credit classes uh, so now most or all students are placed into college credit classes that are transferable um, and so that was a big misconception because I think in social media and uh, media itself there was that joke right like oh you're going to community college like see you in six years for an associates uh, so I think because of pathways and because of equitable placement, now that that time frame has significantly de decreased. There's still uh, more work to do, but I think students can definitely receive an associate's and transfer or receive a certificate um, and get out, get hired probably before they even finish that certificate within a two years, or if it's a certificate program, a year and a half, or mm -hmm. it just depends on. Uh, the pathway and what they choose but i think that's one big misconception the other is uh community college can be m way more affordable than going to a uc or a csu uh, and it's also a really smart choice so it, it allows you a lot of flexibility without that financial burden um, and it also uh, allows you to explore more ideas that you wouldn't before and to kind of learn more interpersonal skills so the value is definitely there it just kind of I think community college is that type of system where you only get as much as you put in so if you're only there to transfer then you're going to transfer but if you're there to learn and kind of grow then you're going to learn and grow well I think one of the really um the things that um illustrates your point is that in 2022, in May, um, we had commencement on May 20th, I believe it was, and the decision was made to allow anyone who graduated in 2020, 
2021 and 2022 to sort of walk the stage and get their diploma because a lot of those students were sort of robbed of that because of COVID. There was no in-person graduation ceremony. So having the first one since 2019, uh, this year in 2022, we had a record number of students. I mean, obviously it was three years of combined classes, but also there was students who had already gotten their bachelor's degrees from UC San Diego or something like that who came back to walk the stage at Mendocino College because of how much they valued their time and their education there and how much they wanted to be part of that ceremony, how important it was to them. And I felt like that was a really remarkable, I know for a lot of the staff at the college district, it was very emotional to bear witness to, you know, how, how valued Mendocino College was, uh, even to those students who had transferred and already kind of, you would think it would be in the rearview mirror, right? But like it was very present for them. Yeah, I think a lot of community college students definitely recognize the role their their colleges have made and, and played in their life. I definitely think Mendocino College kind of uh, allowed me to put my foot in the door and, and kind of expand to these crazy um, positions I've achieved and uh, and then even go on to transfer to to UC Berkeley. So I, I think, uh, I mean, there's not a day where I'll be like, oh yeah, Mendocino College didn't work out for me because it definitely did. <laughs> well, yeah, that's pretty clear from what you've been able to achieve. Um, but I think, you know, in talking about misconceptions, I know one other thing that I have been open has opened my eyes since I've been part of the the college foundation is you know the career technical education side of Mendocino College the the trades and the certificate programs that are available to people who maybe don't have any ambition to go transfer to a four-year or get a bachelor's degree they simply want to improve their professional expertise they want to be able to get a better job they want to make more money they they want to provide better for their family and they can do that um, through all, all these various pathways that we have in the, in the career technical education side of things at uh, Mendocino College. Did you experience, um, you know, I don't know who, who your peer group was, but, you know, did you feel like you encountered students who were more in that realm who, whose eyes were like they weren't planning on leaving, you know, here. They, they were at Mendocino College for that specific goal and, and that's what they were set to achieve. Yeah, I think um, so. Currently, we're seeing a decline in um, black and Hispanic students enrollment in community college and, and throughout higher education. And I think uh, a lot of us do fit into that role where we kind of don't want to keep going on work uh, in school for years and years and years and then um, kind of not know what to do after. Uh, and I think that's why the CTE programs are so unique and valuable. Uh, and I think the college has done a great job of kind of probing where there's need in the local market for these positions and and working really, really hard to fill that void, right? So um, like the physical therapy assistance. And um, I think now we'll do... I think it's the CPR. I think we might have. There might be. Um, there's always new things happening. Yeah. That I'm always not always aware of that. The PTA program is definitely, I think, one of the more recently accredited 
programs. And that is another interesting example because it's a hybrid between, is it Shasta College? I I don't know if you know, but I think it's it's a number of community colleges in rural areas that are working together to be able to offer this program at multiple sites using the same faculty, using a hybrid of online and in-person learning, and really expanding the opportunities for more students in rural communities like ours to access that specialized education. Yeah, and, and I from the presentations we got at the board, a lot of these students are getting hired way before they even finish their CTE programs. And that's a pretty astonishing thing to even hear about, right? Because with a bachelor's, you know, it's kind of like you finish your bachelor's and then you go look for a job. But but for a lot of these students that are in these CTE programs, they're already getting hired like halfway through their program even being finished. Mm-hmm. And and they're they're already kind of getting that experience while learning. Uh, so I think it's it's a lot more valuable if you are looking for that short term and more um, non long term like four-year higher Mm -hmm. education plan. Yeah, I remember, I think at the December um, Board of Trustees meeting, there was a presentation done um, on some of the auto tech, and I think the statistic was 19 out of the 20 students who are graduating that December already had jobs waiting for them before they had even finished. You know, so like you're saying, linking up to the local businesses and what are their needs and how can we be a pipeline you yeah. know, for those jobs. I think I think one another great example is just, you know, the firefighter need. Oh yeah. So it's like, oh well, Mendocino. You know, I I I've talked to some of the district supervisors at in Lake County, and you know, one of their biggest priorities is fire protection, and they're like, but there's not enough firefighters, and I'm like, well, Mendocino College, is you know pumping out firefighters, so <laughs> you can look there, um, but. Even strengthening uh, these jobs that will lead to like civil uh, jobs is a, is is great. And these are not, you know, uh, these are great jobs that that are pretty uh, high wage and that will be uh, valuable to to your professional development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well paying jobs. I mean, the um, one of the programs that we support at the foundation that is universally beloved is the nursing program. And I think that's even doubly true post-COVID, if we can say that we're post-COVID. But um, I think that is also because everybody has experience needing a nurse. Yeah. You know, I mean, just like, I guess, a, a mechanic. You know, it's like you can't go through life, I mean, unless you never have a car. But everybody has a body. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody is sometime going to need medical care. Um, and we know that there is a serious decline you know I mean there's a lot of nurses who burn out and left the profession uh, during the last few years Um, and so you know our nursing program is highly valued not only because it's so highly regarded and we have a hundred percent pass rate on the NCLEX state board exams but um, because there's such a need and we want nurses in Mendocino College to stay local I mean that doesn't always happen but you know that's that's great when it does because um, they already have a, a presence here. They're established here with their families, whatever, and, and they want to work here. And, and I know our hospitals are ready to hire them. So <laughs> um, speaking of futures, do you plan on coming back to Mendocino or Lake Counties when you are finished? I don't know how long you're going to be studying at Berkeley, but do you want to 
come back with everything that you learned and and all of your skill set and experience and and bring your education to bear here locally or what is your goal yeah so i think uh after some time i definitely will come back just because i i mean when i was a lot younger i definitely did not like living in such a rural area but now i've learned to kind of uh, appreciate it especially when you know there's no traffic and (laughs) (laughs) that's true (laughs) and no long lines at most places um but i think after i think there's after um uc berkeley there's more learning i can do and i I kind of plan on uh, continuing this kind of uh, personal goal i have of of bringing uh, state resources to these areas uh, and kind of creating more pathways, not with not only within higher education, but from uh, counties to uh, to strengthen themselves here, rather than you know we see this trend of students leaving ur- rural areas to go to urban uh, areas, and I kind of think um, there's a lot of value that can be that is already in in rural communities and just needs a little hand to to create development and that doesn't mean you know skyscraping development but um you know economic and social development uh so i i think after a while i'll be able to come back and provide some level of resources in case you're just tuning in um, my name is Julie McGovern. I'm the executive director of the Mendocino College Foundation. And this is the Mendocino College radio show's sort of inaugural debut show. My guest today is Leo Rodriguez, who just graduated from Mendocino College in 2022 with three associate degrees and is transferring on to UC Berkeley this fall. Maybe someday we'll be, we'll be listening to you talk on your campaign for like state senator Rodriguez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I don't think that's too far fetched. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll need some immigration b- reform before that can happen. But um, I think, yeah, any position where I can uh, serve, you know, I, I have recently uh, resigned from my role in the California Student Aid Commission just because uh, I have to serve community college students, and I will no longer be a community college student. So it wouldn't be appropriate, um, but it it really has been my honor to serve the people of my home of California and and especially to come from uh, a rural background and an undocumented background and a Hispanic background and uh, to provide you know some level a minimum some level of inspiration is you know it, it really has been my honor to be a public servant. So I I hope I can continue to be. A public servant if the u.s allows me to <laughs> well i think we definitely need some reform because we it it we have to take advantage of people like you who have so much to offer and have proven that you work hard and you you know have great skills and experience and to have that go to waste seems a shame but i will also offer you the opportunity if you would like when you come back perhaps um to speak to we have an adopt a fifth grader program through the foundation are you familiar with that yes okay. i think i Probably. learned about it when i moved to kelseyville fifth grade year okay okay yeah that's that's when the students are selected it's it's a program 
started by um, Wade Kenniger, uh, a gentleman uh, who lived in Hoplon for many years and started actually at Hoplon Elementary School with two students every year and then transferred that to the Mendocino College Foundation 15 years ago and saw it grow from those two students every year to, um, I think in 2019, we had a, over 100 fifth graders adopted. It dipped a little bit um, in COVID, but in this year, in 2022, we had 82 students across 24 schools in Mendocino and Lake Counties. And I just think it would be wonderful to, to for them to hear your story, um, not only because fifth grade is the time where, you know, it, it, they're like, young minds are so ripe to kind of <laughs> to capture and inspire and 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 really what we want to promote with that program is that college going mentality and the idea that college is a place where anybody belongs whether your goal is you know to get an associate's degree to transfer to get a certificate in a trade you know that all those options are available to you at Mendocino College um, but that it's important to remember through you know junior high and high school that your grades do do matter. I mean, you know, it, it it's it's not as like you were saying, it's not as much of an issue as it used to be with having to take all the the classes and things and take longer. But my point is is that I think that you would be a great speaker to bring to talk to fifth graders and, and to tell your story about everything that you've achieved despite despite the battles that you've had to fight, you know, by being from a rural place, by being an undocumented immigrant and you know, um, so I now we have this show recorded, then <laughs> I have you on record if you commit to saying that you'll do that. <laughs> no, yeah, I'd love to. I I, I love, uh, you know, I work, I've worked with uh, kids since 2019 and, and before that with volunteer work and um, with Head Start and uh, all these other volunteering opportunities. And uh, it's my favorite uh, outreach group just because they're so funny and they, they always have the greatest questions and uh, sometimes I leave and I'm like you know what that that is a good question I should be asking uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. so I think yeah I'd love to I I yeah this uh, take this as a commitment <laughs> okay great well they can be brutally honest I think that that is you know can be refreshing yeah <laughs> especially when you're at you know at state government level <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> like, go see a bunch of fifth graders they'll tell you like the real deal <laughs> yeah um so i have one kind of final question which is what would you say to potential students out there whether they be young people in you know fifth graders or in high school or a bit older and and reconsidering or thinking through their options you know why mendocino college yeah i think if you are looking to grow or you're seeing the job market now and, and you kind of can't find your space and, you know, uh, you might be looking to uh, develop yourself and, and kind of better yourself or or just try going back to um, receiving an education just for fun. Uh, I think Mendocino College is a great choice if you're on track to go to a UC or CSU and you get that financial aid award package and it's a lot less than you thought you would be receiving. Uh, staying at home and going to Mendocino College is a great choice. You know, I I transferred to UC Berkeley with a 3.1. So you can definitely mm -hmm. transfer to pretty big colleges and, and receive a substantial amount of financial aid and scholarships from the foundation. 
So uh, if you're just looking to try it out, if you're looking to come back, if you're a, a parent, if you, um, you know, and any role you're in, if you're if you've been formally incarcerated, uh, if you are a, a foster youth student, uh, community college, and especially Mendocino College is definitely for you, and you will receive a lot of uh, aid there and a lot of support systems that you might have not had uh, in your traditional education, you know, in high school or um, at another community college. Right. Well, I think that, you know, in, in the scholarship review process that the foundation did in March, I read a number of essays from previously incarcerated folks who are now currently enrolled at Mendocino College as students. And those were some of the most inspiring essays because, you know, when people have been in a situation to know kind of like what their worst is, and then be feeling like they've overcome that, they've moved past that, and they're on a pathway to such a better future. It doesn't mean that everything's rosy and easy, but, um, I mean, those were some of the ones that I was like, I'll admit, I, I might have cried. I might have shed a tear. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Inspiring stories. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it's, it's really... It really is inspiring, and um, it makes you kind of wonder our, about our systems, but... Um, I, I definitely agree that community college and Mendocino College is for everybody. Uh, and if you, you know, if you're looking and thinking about going to Mendocino College, just uh, think about going on the website and checking it out. Yes. And if you're interested in uh, looking at the course offerings that Mendocino College has to offer, you can go to mendocino.edu forward slash schedule. Um, you can also go to mendocino.edu forward slash admissions and find out everything you need to know about the application and enrollment process. I know our admissions and records office is very open and accessible and willing to work with students no matter where they are in their life's journey. So don't let anything, whether it be financial or past GPA or past incarceration or anything stand in the way of you achieving your dreams. So Mendocino College is definitely a good option for all. I do want to point out one last thing, which is that, um, as I mentioned at the start of the show, the Mendocino College Foundation exists to support students. Uh, we also support faculty and departments and facilities in, in many different ways that we fundraise for. Um, but one of the areas that we've seen grow in recent years probably since the pandemic started, is the um, kind of a student emergency fund. Um, and that can be anything from a student who has to commute 20 miles and all of a sudden their car breaks down. And that could be the one thing that gets in the way of them actually getting to class and, and you know, finishing on their path and getting their degree. And we, we want to we have this fund available for students who are in a crisis or an emergency situation. And we were generously gifted a matching grant from Redwood Credit Union in the amount of $12,000 that we are putting out to the community to double. And if you would like to learn more about that whole campaign, which will be over email and social media, you can visit foundation.mendocino.edu to learn more. And I would like to thank... Uh, Leo Rodriguez, our guest today, uh, for being for being here and sharing 
uh, aspects of his journey. And we're so excited to hear about everything that you're planning to do at UC Berkeley. Are you starting in a few weeks? Uh, yes, I I am. I'm in the process of moving. And um, I did not think the housing was as crazy as it is. So <laughs> that was a whole process within itself. I can only imagine in Berkeley what the housing situation is like. Do you have something set up? Yes. And um, yes, I'm, I'm very excited to start and um, kind of learn. And, and you know, I actually am a product of receiving an uh, emergency fund scholarship. So oh, I wouldn't you, be oh. here without uh, receiving that scholarship. So Oh, I didn't even know that. That worked out. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm being i'm honored to be the first guest you're very welcome thank you leo my name is julie mcgovern i'm the executive director of the mendocino college foundation and you have been listening to the mendocino college radio radio hour and we hope to bring you more programming every month all things mendocino college and so stay tuned and support kzyx This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.